Good morning, everyone. Oops, take that off. Uh, the reading is going to be in these little booklets here. Um, it's on page four. It's the very beginning of John's Gospel, chapter one, starting at verse one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to, to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace, in the place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Well, a very good morning again to you, and um, I'm not sure if you heard my welcome earlier, so I'll repeat it. Again, uh, it is great to have you join us here at St. Mary's, and uh, I know uh, there will be some people who are here for the first time, so a particular welcome to you as well. Uh, it is a delight to, to welcome you. Uh, my name's Rob, I'm the rector here at St. Mary's. I've started about six months ago, and I'm still very much learning the job, uh, and it is a delight to have you join us. Now, it'd be helpful if you um, could keep one of these booklets handy. Uh, we'll explain a bit more about what that, what that, what that is. Uh, and especially that first chapter that was read to us, and uh, I'm going to make a few comments on it. From someone else, and uh, we're going to... I think we are. I do feel like a news reporter, and it's one of those moments where you think whether we should go over to the next item or not. But 
hear you. We can hear you, Rob. Great. Do you want to carry on? We'd like you to. Okay, great. Um, if someone could interrupt me with a video clip, because um, it'd be very helpful to see it, but um, otherwise, uh, do you oh, think their their faith played the part? Because because you, you were a Salvation Army family, for want of a better phrase. That's you? true. Yes, for want of a better life, in many ways, <laughs> is uh, yeah. And you played the corner. Too, I did. So. Yeah. Well, because the truth is, however you grow up, the surroundings you grow up in. You just think it's normal. Yeah. You, well, however you grow up, you just presume that that's what everybody... There's nothing weird about this. There's nothing weird that we're all putting a uniform on and <laughs> marching through the town with a trumpet. This is completely natural. I only look back now and think, what were we doing? This is <laughs> ridiculous, you know, and, uh, and, and... So how would you define your own faith? Do you, I, have do you know what? I don't know. I, I really don't. I, I give it a tremendous amount of thought... Because um, there's two things you've said already t tonight where you've said where you get your best ideas when you stand on the roof of the studio and look up and go, just give me something. Yeah. And then you said, I don't know what it is that's made me so... And the word that you used was blessed to live this life. Yeah. Well, so I, so the, the language... Yes, for is, sure. Is part oh, of your psyche. Spiritual, absolutely. Uh, I guess, like, ultimately, like, what is faith? I don't know what it is other than a hunch. Yeah. And ultimately, if you were to say, what, is, what are my beliefs? I, like, I really struggle because I can't... I, I, you can't argue with science. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so, and I don't, and I think only a madman would. And there was a great... There's a great... I think it was Mark Twain who said, it's not the stuff you know that will undo you, it's the stuff you think you know that just ain't so. And uh, and I sort of feel like about faith, really. I I really don't know. I have really you had, have. Have you had this conversation with you? With your oh, with my dad? dad all the time, and he's a very very cool Christian. Yeah. Who's yeah. like, mate? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my son is five, and my daughter's one. They don't care. They don't care. Well, wow. hopefully you can hear me. Why don't you give me a thumbs up if you can? Good, brilliant. Um, you realise how difficult it is for BB the BBC to do this, uh, and we're trying to do it with two guys, so thank you so much. Um, I'm sorry, uh, I'm not sort of fully aware of what you heard or what you didn't hear, uh, but uh, we were looking at this first chapter, uh, thinking about um, who it's about uh, and what proof is offered uh, and then what the promise is. And um, we looked at that first reason John gives us uh, a he says that this is about Jesus Christ, who he calls the Word. But actually, Jesus has a biography like no other because his existence started not in Bethlehem, but way back at the beginning of the universe. In fact, before the beginning of the universe. Now, I was beginning to say that when I saw that for the first time, it was a complete uh, revelation to me. Uh, because I grew up pretty sceptical, like I guess lots of people, about the Christian faith. And the main reason was because I just didn't think Jesus was that important. I mean, he was, a sure, a nice guy. Uh, he seemed like an inspiring leader. But actually, he was nothing more than that. But when I opened up the Bible after an encouragement from a friend, I saw that actually that's not the category Jesus falls into. Here is someone claiming 
to be God, claiming to be my creator, claiming to know me because he's made me. And that is far more than obviously a religious leader uh, or um, inspiring teacher. Now, it really helps us um, coming back to what we saw with James Corden, because a lot of us float around with that question. Is there a God? Is there not a God? Is Christianity true? Is it not? But can you see that actually, if we answer this question about who Jesus is, actually those other questions fall into place. See, if there is a if Jesus really is who he says he is, well, then the question about is there a God, well, it's pretty clear, isn't it, that there is. But of course, that raises the next question. Is this true? And John goes on to give us a second reason why we should look into what he says about Jesus. Uh, and that is he offers some proof. Because let's be honest with ourselves, claiming to be God is a big claim, isn't it? And we know that big claims need big justification. But that's what John provides next. Um, It gets a little bit confusing here because there's actually two Johns. There's John writing the gospel, and then there's John the Baptist, uh, who's a kind of warm-up act for Jesus. And uh, I wonder if you could turn back into those books and look at that little sentence 6, verse 6 there on page 4. Because we read this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. Now, when you look at that, it's quite interesting what we're told about John the Baptist here. We're told, uh, do you notice in verse 7, that he's a witness And in verse 8, he's a witness. And in fact, that word testify in the original is the same word of witness. Now, um, when the Bible wants to emphasize something, uh, this was the days before bold type and highlighter pens, it repeats it several times. And so we see in two sentences, actually, the thing John wants us to see is that he is a witness. Now, the word witness, it's more than hearsay. It's more than someone's opinion. It's a word that comes from the courtroom. Now, of course, we have a legal system, uh, which means that I can't just accuse you of stealing from me, uh, and then you automatically go to jail. I mean, the world would not be in a great place if that was was to happen. Instead, we go to a court. And in the court, you call forward witnesses, witnesses who say uh, they saw the intruder, Uh, witnesses who say no they were in bed at 5 a.m on Wednesday and um, a jury weighs up what they think of each of those witnesses and John does that really with his gospel see what we have here is not just one man's opinion nor is it just someone's best take on what they think life is about here John says we've got a witness it's like we're going to have Uh, witnesses appear before the bar and for us to weigh up whether we think it's credible. See, again, going back to before I was a Christian, when I thought of Christianity as a teenager, I thought of myself, it's the sort of thing that you need your brain removed to believe. Uh, It was believed by people who were perhaps kind of stuck in the past and didn't really catch up with modern science and that sort of thing. 
But then I realized, as I looked at the Bible, I'd completely missed what faith was about. See, when we talk about faith, we often imagine believing something despite the evidence. And so we say, look, I can't see God, but I've got faith that he's there. But actually, that's not what the Bible means by faith. See, faith is believing something because of the evidence. Uh, Actually, it was really helpful to have Chris's interview just before this, because there she spoke about looking at the hard evidence, as she called it. Uh, And um, really, uh, that is the process we uh, go through uh, to become a Christian. In fact, um, there's a guy called John Lennox, who's a professor of mathematics at Oxford. I think he's retired now, uh, but he was professor of mathematics at Oxford. I mean, as in terms of what people know about maths, this guy is it. And he says this, um, I think it's on the screen uh, as well. He says, faith is not a leap in the dark. It is the exact opposite. It is a commitment based on evidence. See, that is what John calls us to consider. See, even the strongest opponents of Christianity admit that Jesus was a real person who lived in a real place at a real time, who spoke real words. The question is, is what he said and what is said about him true or not? See, that's what faith is about. And in that sense, all of us have faith. It's just a question of which way it falls. Uh, Is it that we have faith in that what we read is true? Or is it we have faith in what we read is false? See, a lot of people say to me, I wish I could have your faith. And um, it's worth pointing out that all of us share that faith, don't we? It's just uh, our faith might be in a different place. Now, this really matters for us as a church because we're not in the business of strong-arming people. Uh, We're not trying to get people to say things that they don't really believe. But rather, we're trying to invite people to look for themselves at the claims about Jesus Christ and to make up their own minds. But of course, we might ask the question, is that even necessary? I mean, sure, uh, there's some claims made, but why do I need to take notice of them? Well, there's a third and final reason, and that is because of the promise that is made. We've heard about the person, John showed us some of the proof, and now he invites us to look at the promise. See, I've reached that age now where um, I've uh, got my cholesterol tested And uh, I had my first test. I was very excited. And I failed miserably, apparently. Uh, Apparently, all those kind of um, burgers are caught up on me. Uh, And um, that's something I know is true. It's something I've seen evidence for, unfortunately. But it's not something that kind of moves me to do anything about it. In fact, it's not something I really want to embrace as a truth, especially when I see a double cheeseburger listed on the menu uh, before me. But actually, this is far different. See, if this is true, it's something we should want to embrace and to look further into. See, John here, he speaks not just about who Jesus is, but what Jesus came to do. Have a look at sentence 12 with me uh, back in those booklets. Sentence 12. He says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
See, that's Jesus' mission in a nutshell. He came to make us children of God. Now, I know that sounds probably a bit strange. How can you have, be a child of God? And uh, we'll be looking at in in the coming weeks. But in a nutshell, it means to know God like a child. See, just like my kids know that they're safe to play at my feet. Well, so it is that we can be safe with God. Uh, just like my kids know me and I know them, so it is that actually we can be in a relationship where we know God and he knows us. And just like a child might be accepted by their parent with open arms, well, so it is that God, through Jesus, welcomes us with open arms. Now, I realize for many of us, that is not the memory we have when it comes to our childhood. And lots of us are all too aware of the brokenness of our families and parents. But here is a parent like no other. Here's a parent who will never let us down, never fail to be there, never wrong us, never forsake us. A parent who knows us because he made us. And here is the great promise this book or the Bible offers, a chance to know our Creator and a chance to be known by a Creator. So for, for me, um, when I looked into Christianity back at university, this just wasn't on my radar. See, I thought Christianity was about um, a lifestyle or being into certain practices but actually, when I read the Bible, I saw, actually, it's far deeper than that. It's not about a way of life or a practice. It is about a person who makes a promise. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring uh, what that promise is and why it matters. But coming back to James Corden at the beginning, uh, I said that lots of us in our culture find ourselves in a very similar position, throwing our hands up and saying, who knows? I don't know. I like it to be true. Maybe I don't like it to be true. I don't know. But can you see that even in this first part of John's gospel, actually, we can know. He claims that Jesus is a real person, and that person is God himself. He tells us that he has proof for it. He talks about John the Baptist, and we're going to see many other witnesses it's something we can examine and explore, like Chris has spoken about earlier. And third and finally, we see why we should want to come in and explore, because here is a promise like no other, that we can know our Creator and be known by Him. Now, I realize we're only half a chapter through, and there's plenty more to come. And the question for all of us this morning is, will we come, will we look and think about the Lord Jesus. See, for many of us, um, we go for our whole lives sort of uh, thinking that Christianity was just what we heard at primary school and sang about in school assembly. And very few people have the opportunity to stop and to examine these claims as an adult. Uh, But that's what John invites us to do now as we look at uh, his gospel. I think we're going to pause there, Chris, and we're going to take questions. But thank we you are. very much yeah, for listening. Thank you. Please, we don't want you to go because we're worried you might not come back. <laughs> I'll stay. I'll stay.
So, so the first question isn't a question. It's uh, really uh, to say thank you very much to our sound team, who've done a great job. Um, Can I echo just, that? Just, just a word of explanation. Um, our sound system isn't broken, um, but we're not set up like the BBC for roving reporters or roving rectors. And uh, he was just a bit too far off the edge of our system. So I think they managed to rectify that. Okay, Rob, I'm just going to ask you one question, um, which I think is what James Corden brought up at the beginning. You have to go with the science. So can science and the gospel coexist? Or are we really kidding ourselves? Yeah, great, great question. And um, I was hoping you didn't notice that. But yes, he does say uh, you can't believe uh, something. You can't believe because of science and only a madman uh, would go against that. Um, the short answer is absolutely so um, it's worth just asking the question what science is and what it does. Uh, science um, is a means of measuring and um, observing uh, what is before us in the universe. And uh, it's very good at answering that question, what? Uh, what happens if I uh, heat water up to 100 degrees? Or what happens if I take it to zero degrees? It's not very good at asking that question, why? Uh, why is there water? Or what is the purpose for water? Or, or more significantly, what is the purpose for me? So I can observe um, that I'm made up of molecules. I can, made, I can observe that I'm uh, 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 made of carbon. Uh, but it doesn't really answer what I'm made for. And um, it's worth just saying that there are plenty of scientists who um, have said uh, come to that sort of conclusion. In fact, there are plenty of scientists in our congregation who are um, experts in their field and also don't see that as conflicting with uh, the claims of Christianity. And um, that's where I think James Corden slightly got it wrong, because I think there is that kind of idea that there's this kind of war between science and religion. And I think that's only if we see um, that they're doing the same thing. And I think once we see they, they're not um, actually... Uh, it becomes a lot clearer. And if we're a scientist, I would encourage you to do the scientific thing, uh, which is to look at the evidence and to reach a conclusion like Chris spoke about earlier. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you for sticking with us. And we look forward to seeing you in person next week. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. Thank you. John, would you like to come and lead us in prayer, please? Where is he? There. Thank you. <laughs> 